0: Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our annual Youth and Young Adults event called Amplify Conference. This year's theme was nowhere. Taken from John 6, many followers of Jesus abandoned him after hearing what they thought to be hard teaching. Jesus then looked at the 12 disciples and asked if they were leaving too. Peter's response is profound as he says, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal. Jesus needs to be our only option and in effect, we have nowhere else to go. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Where would we be without you, God? Where would we be without you? And if you agree with that, or if you, if you found that the Lord spoke to you a little bit, I want you to say amen. And go ahead and take your seat. Now, so you can stay up just a little bit longer. I just want to use Vanessa because I, I kind of miss preaching while you're playing. You know, she, she got married, before, I think, but after we left her before. After. I still miss it. You know, I never really understood the value of God. And I love when Jacob was up here and he was like, man, I was born in church and, and I didn't know who he was. I was, I was there and I, and I was a part of everything, but I didn't really know who he was. And, and, and this is the truth is that we all kind of find our, ourselves in a season like that once or twice or, or maybe a long period, maybe a short time in our life where we, we forget the value of who Jesus is in, in, in us and for us and to us. And sometimes I, I forget that. But when I'm reminded of how good God is, I get to a place called nowhere. Now, you might say, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what are these T-shirts even about? What, what does this theme even mean, Nowhere. This is the idea is that we come to love God in such a way and we find so much value in who he is that there is nowhere else that we'd rather be than with him. And so when I remember the value of who he is and what he's done for me, there is nowhere else. I come to a place of nowhere where there is nowhere else I'd rather be but at the feet of Jesus. And my goal tonight is to help you to get to this place of nowhere that makes sense all right let's bow our heads I'm just kidding thanks Nez <laughs> um I remember when uh just kind of kind of growing up in church and, and seeing all the people get married and and um people have families and just kind of watching that and and you know do you guys ever like plan your life out anybody Anybody, like, you plan it, like, I'm going to, like, my plan was this. I was like, I'm going to be married at 18 years old. I'm going to go start a church at 18 and a half. I'm going to have, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have a full-blown family at 20, and I'm going to own three businesses and six houses at 21. And then whatever God, help, whatever else God has for me, that's all I want, you know. Um, but I remember planning my life out and, and kind of having this idea of, of valuable things and this idea of, of priorities. And I remember just kind of, um, <clears throat> and I'm going to say some things that may maybe maybe might get me in trouble Is that all right? You don't care if I'm in trouble? <laughs> don't matter to do you. <laughs> First off, before I get into this, I just want to thank my lovely wife who is absolutely amazing. The past month, I've been just like stressing out and 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 in my office just studying for I'm, I'm a bad reader, and I'm not very good at like putting things on paper, and so it takes me a long time to do something. It'll take you like probably an hour to do, and so this whole, this whole month that we've been preparing, or the last couple of months, my wife has done a great job just kind of watching the kids, keeping an eye on them, because they're crazy. If you know my kids, they're wild, and if you come to Texas, just know you will babysit, and, <laughs> but I remember um, um, seeing value in certain things, and and, and thinking that if I got to a certain place, then, then I'd be happy with God or happy with myself. Anybody ever been there? If, if I get to a certain place with God, maybe I'll please him just enough to finally be used by him to do something that really matters. But I remember when I, when I, when I started being obedient to God. I just kind of started listening to his voice and like taking those little steps of faith, right? Those little, little, little things that he asks you to do. The ones that you don't really want to do, but you're like, I know this is God so that I I know I have to do this. It was those things I just kind of started doing, right? And I remember finally down the line... Being obedient to God, walking in His calling. Now we're in, a, in Hutto, Texas, which you've probably never heard of until now, and that's okay because you'll hear about it one day. And and now we're in a, in a city, of Hutto, Texas. We we have a a small church of about ten to twelve people, depending on who shows up. And and I, and I think about all that God has done, but 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 I find value in things that I didn't think I would find value in before. Like what matters more to me now than than fame did before. What matters most to me now is that I'm a good husband. I don't care if I'm a good preacher or a good pastor. I want to be a good husband. What matters to me now is that I'm a good father because I don't care if you know my name or know my ministry or know what my church does. I want to be a good father because my perspective has changed for the things that I find value in. I don't find value in fame. I don't find value in numbers. I find value in obedience. I find value in the things that God has placed in my hands to take care of. I find value in God himself. When we find value in God, that's when our perspective changes because the truth is this, is that the value of the world doesn't match up with the value of the kingdom. The things that the world puts on pedestals or, or, or puts priority in or, or, or holds with high value, those things are not held up with value in the kingdom. Isn't it crazy, like, who's famous today? <laughs> like the Kardashians? You know what's crazy? I remember, I remember hearing this story, and uh, it's Kylie Jenner, right? Like, the, the Kylie Jenner. I remember, like, she, was, she wanted to be, like, the first woman billionaire or something like that, right? Or the youngest billionaire, right? Oh, she is. Oh, okay. Well, you know why she is, right? Can I tell you why she is? Because people started giving her money to become a billionaire. See, the world, the world offers us things. The world shows us things that like, hey, put value in this. Hey, give Kylie Jenner your money. I, I hope nobody in here did it. Because we're going to have a prayer and deliverance message right after this. You come up to the altar. You better empty your wallets for Columbia if you gave to Kylie Jenner. <laughs> But the world offers fake, uh, fake value. It's counterfeit value. It's, it's fake fulfillment. It doesn't, really make, it doesn't really matter in the end. You can, you can get everything that the world has to offer, but in the end, you're going to be left empty and unfulfilled. It's like buying Kobe's in the Philippines. Omar still has his. <laughs> I think you still play basketball on them, don't you? He does. They, they're, they're valuable to him. That's good. But you ever, isn't it crazy how much people spend on like fake clothes and fake uh, jewelry and fake shoes just because it looks valuable? Just because it looks like something we want to portray, we spend our money on it and we, we put priority into things that don't really matter. But the world offers hope and purpose and love, but it's all counterfeit. It doesn't really matter. What the world will give you doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many followers on Instagram you have. It doesn't matter how many people are in your group of friends. It doesn't that does not matter. What the world will give you does not matter. Matthew 16:26. says for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world now listen when he says the whole world he means the whole world money fame um influence power anything that you can think of that's in the world he says what does it profit a man not if he gains a little bit not if he gains just a, a small percentage but if he gains the whole thing and loses his soul see we trade our soul for a very very small percentage of the world we'll give it up for things that don't matter. Yeah, it's funny because people are like, I would never do that. I, I would never. I would ne-, you know, like we hear about like, like rock stars, they sign their souls to the devil, right? You're like, man, those guys are dumb. <laughs> those guys are stupid. Man, I'd never sell my soul to the devil. But you're selling your, your soul every day to things that are smaller than the fame of Led Zeppelin. I'm like, man, where's my notes at? But can can I encourage you tonight? I want to encourage you to do something. Don't buy into the lies of the world. Don't buy into the lies of the world. Please, please, please. Hear me out. I feel like I'm like the, the older brother that's not so cool. You know what I mean? Like coming to family reunions and saying like, hey, man, I just want to give you a little bit of life advice. Some of you might be older than me, but I want to give you a little bit of life advice. Don't buy into the world. Please, don't buy into the world. Find value in the things that really matter. Is there any way that you can turn these lights off? They are literally burning my feet. I'm not even, like, joking. Like, my my ankles are burning right now. I guess it's all, if it's all, or I'll back up then. I wanted that space, but whatever. You can turn it back on. I'll just back up. Go ahead. There you go. It looks better on camera. So find, find value in the things that really matter. I want if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter six, verse sixty. This is where we get the idea of nowhere. It says therefore many of his many of his disciples, when they heard this, he said something crazy. They said this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, "Does this cause you to stumble? What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life." The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. So Judas is in this group, and that's important for us to understand. And he was saying, for this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore so at this moment Jesus basically tells him he says I want you to eat my flesh and drink my blood now in this context with well, how I just said it it's like that is crazy I don't want to do that but Jesus had this whole message this whole like lesson that he he built up to this point of of, of having faith in him and so he says this rough statement and everybody leaves him He says something that wasn't popular. He said something that didn't make them feel good. But what he said was true. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the 12, I just wanted before I read that, isn't it crazy that Jesus never called them back? He never asked the crowd to come back. He let them go. So he said to the 12, "You you do not want to go away also do you or do you do you also want to leave me are you also going to take off is this too much for you to handle you don't also want to go do you and this is what peter says it's, and so simon peter answered him lord to whom shall we go you have words of eternal life we have believed and have, have come to know that you are the holy one of god see peter came to this place where he said look I, like, I kind of picture him like, where else are we going to go? And he, you know what's crazy? He doesn't say, You've given us a lot. He doesn't say, we've already, we've already left our homes. What he says is, You give the words of life. You are life itself. He says, I have nowhere else that I'd rather be than with you. It doesn't matter if they leave. I want to be with you. He comes to this place of nowhere. He comes to this mindset of nowhere because physically they could have left. Practically, they could have got up and went with the crowd, but they found what they needed. They found what their soul desired. They found why they were living. They found purpose and they found hope. And what they found was in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So the question wasn't, wasn't, will you go? The question was, where would we go? We have nowhere else to go. They saw the value in Jesus and nothing else compared to who He is. If I can get you to get anywhere, anywhere tonight, anywhere, please come to a place where you have nowhere else to go. Come to a place where Jesus is everything that you've ever wanted and you see that He's everything you've ever needed. I almost sang it. All I'm just kidding. (laughs) You see, the issue is, this is the issue with us sometimes, is when the crowd goes, we follow. When Jesus says things that are tough in our hearts, when he asks us to do things that are a little bit difficult, when the crowd goes, we go too. So if we ever want to come to this place of nowhere, if we ever want to come to this mindset where nothing else matters, then the first thing that we need to do is we need to step away from the crowd. He gives them the option, Is there, do you also want to go? Are you also going to leave me? Stepping away from the crowd is a choice that we need to make because this is what the crowd is interested. The crowd is interested in physical provision and not spiritual transformation. The crowd was only there because Jesus had given them fish and bread. Because the chapter before this, there's like 5,000 of them. And, and that's the story. We get the miracle of the bread and the fish, right? He just gives it for everybody. I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. By the way, Pastor David Tijarina will buy your dinner tonight. If you gave to Colombia, he will help you out. He will hook you up. <laughs> But Jesus offers, this is right after Jesus had done the miracle of all the, all the fish and the loaves. And, and so what's happening now is this crowd is, is basically getting to a point where they want Jesus to be their king. Because of the Roman government, they were kind of oppressing the Jews. And, and there was just this crazy thing going on in the city. And they were hoping that Jesus would come and he would overthrow the government. He would be the king and they would rule with him. They wanted a change of circumstance, but not a change of heart. They were seeking earthly arrangements and not spiritual awakening. They wanted immediate gratification. Check this out in John six thirty. It says, so they said to him, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us his bread. They did not get it. Jesus was saying, the bread is me. I'm, I'm what you need. I'm all you needed." The manna that you're searching for is from the past. The manna that you're looking for is just physical provision. I'm here to offer you spiritual transformation. And the funny thing is after he said it, they go, okay, give us the bread. (laughs) They didn't get it. How often do we ask God for physical changes in our life without ever having the intention of changing our hearts? I don't know if this is good or bad or you're quiet or you're sad. I can't make another rhyme. <clears throat> so why are you following Jesus? Don't, don't look at me, all Right, like, oh, I don't know. This guy invited me. Ask yourself, why am I following? Why did, why did I sign up for this? Not Amplify. <laughs> not, not your church ministry. Not your church attendance. Why am I following Jesus? Are you looking for a change of heart? Or are you looking for a change in your circumstance? Are you looking for God to only do something in your everyday physical life? Or are you looking for him to give you a new life? Why are you following Jesus? What are you you looking to fulfill? What What are you looking for God to fulfill in your life? I just want to get married. By the way, by the way. By the way. Listen. My boy Omar is amazing. I'm just going to say that right now. Any girl would be absolutely lucky to have him in your life. He can sing. It's a secret but he could dance. He can preach. Man, you guys got more excited for that than Jesus. Man, you You guys need some prayer. My time is like super low. I got to keep going. All right. I just want to get married. <laughs> I just I just want a good job, God. Just give me a good job. God, just put money in my Please God, give give me money. God just just tell me what what course to take in college? God, speak to me. Why do we do? God just talk to me. Tell me what, like, guide me through school, guide me to my the right job. God, but God is like, what? Is that all that life is? Is that all that you're trying to fulfill? You just want to get married. You just want to make money. You just want to have the American dream. See, that's, that's not Christianity. That's just being a person. That's just goals for life. Christian, Christianity following Jesus should be done for deeper reasons. Lord, change me. God, change me. Lord, change my heart, God. Help me not to look at people the way that I look at them, God. Help me not to be prejudiced to people that look differently and talk differently and act differently than I do. God, help me to forgive my mom. Help me to forgive my dad. Help me to to get out of the relationship that I shouldn't be in. God, help me to change, to please you. See, the disciples got it. He said, you have life. You have everything that we need. The crowd didn't get it. You need to step away from the crowd. Sometimes the crowd is a crowd, and sometimes the crowd is a person. Sometimes the crowd is your boyfriend. Sometimes the crowd is your girlfriend. Sometimes the crowd looks a little bit like social media or, or Facebook, if anybody use Facebook here still. <laughs> like MySpace. <laughs> but stepping away from the things that would pull you away from Jesus is the place that we need to get, is the place that we're, where we need to be, where nothing else matters but him. And stepping away from the crowd, yes, it's hard. Yes, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't always feel good. Yes, it doesn't always make sense. But stepping away from the crowd is not always a bad thing. The crowd cannot validate you like Jesus can. The crowd cannot affirm you like Jesus can The crowd cannot give you identity like Jesus can. The crowd cannot give you hope like Jesus can. The crowd cannot give you patience or kindness or love like Jesus can. The crowd cannot do for you what only God can do for you. We're stuck trying to please the crowd, trying to trying to have the crowd, trying to be a part of the crowd. But listen, just because you're walking alone doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. Sometimes following Jesus is lonely. It's not always easy. But please, oh my gosh, like I was thinking about this message. I'm like, I just want to, like, get this into your heads. Stop living for people. Stop living for people. Please. This is the crazy thing is that, that Jesus was not concerned about the crowd. He wasn't concerned about, oh, I lost 5,000 people. Promote me. Hurry, put a video of my my sermon. Put it up. I lost a lot of people. He wasn't concerned about the crowd. It's funny, I'm going to segue a little bit, but it's funny that we care more about the crowd than about the people. We'd rather have a full building than hearts changed. I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. How people use the name of Jesus to make themselves famous. I don't really think it's hilarious, I think it's disturbing actually. <laughs> I think I, I think it's so twisted. I think it's so twisted that preachers just want to be famous. And we look to that. Right? Like, we look to that, like, oh, I want to be the next so and so. I want to be the next. Stephen Furtick, I like Stephen Furtick. I think he's cool. I can't dress like him, but he's cool. I want to be the next, you put the name in. And all we figure out was, how can I get a following? How can I gain influence? And so what do, we, what do people say? Like, we, we, what, I don't know what they say. Like, stick to the grind or something? I don't know. Does, it, does anybody know the, anybody know the full, cool phrase? Like, I'm, I don't know, wake up. I don't know. You don't know. You're old. <laughs> I, I don't know either. Or like or like I gotta hustle. I gotta hustle. We gotta hustle every day. Right? I'ma hustle. I'm gonna hustle to be famous. I'm gonna hustle my Instagram. I'ma gonna, I'm gonna get followers. And then when I get a million followers, then I'm gonna be I'm gonna be preaching the gospel and I'm gonna get a lot of people saved. But see, we look at it all wrong. We look at it all wrong. It's not about the crowd, it's about Jesus. It, it's not about it's not about the numbers, it's about him. Listen, I'm going to be completely, completely, 100% honest with you. I don't even care how you look at me because it really doesn't matter. When I get in my space of my room and my prayer time, my greatest hustle, I guess you could say, or my greatest drive and my greatest, my greatest capability is not to promote. It's not to market. It's not to have a good sermon. It's not to have a good podcast. It's not to have a good song because I can't sing anyway. My greatest strength and my greatest capability is to have a prayer life. We try so hard to do what we think that we should do. All you need to do is pray. All you got to do is get with Jesus. The crowds will come. The crowds will come, I promise you. But the crowds will probably come when you stop caring if they come or not. You guys that are leading smaller youth ministries or young adult ministries, stop worrying about who's not there and start investing into the people that are right in front of you. Jesus was not concerned with the crowd. He was not concerned with the numbers. He let the 5,000 walk to see if the 12 had real faith. Fame, all this stuff, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. We're lost in this idea that if we can just get somewhere, then we've arrived. But I'm telling you, the best destination is a place of nowhere. The best place that you could ever be is to be madly and deeply and completely surrendered and in love with Jesus. That is the ultimate destination that we could ever arrive to. And this is how we get there. And this is what I love about Jesus is that he's not concerned with the numbers. He's not concerned with their, with their reaction. He is concerned about their faith. He's concerned more about our faith than our status. He's concerned more about our faith than our good actions or our bad actions because we're not saved by any of those things, but we are saved by faith. It is the faith that connects us with God. It's faith that allows us to see his value. We ask for so much. We pray for so much, but can we just begin to pray for faith? Lord, help me to believe. God, show me who you are. He looks at your heart, not your position. He doesn't care how many people know you or how many people don't. He doesn't care about all the things that we care about. What he cares about is your faith. Because faith reveals the value of God to us. Without faith... We can't see God. I'm getting a little these lights are kind of Oh, thank you, Brian. Man, that's awesome. Faith reveals reveals the value of God. We are finding value in faith. And this is what I love about faith. This is the best part. This is the best part about salvation. It's the best part about faith. It's the best part about following Jesus is that it doesn't even re- it nothing is relied on you. It's all on him. How do we get faith? We ask for it. We ask God for it. And he's faithful. He's a good father. He's a good father. See, if my son asked me for something, I'll probably play a little joke on him and give him something else because it's funny. And then he goes, that's not funny. And I'm like, one day you'll understand, son. One day you'll get it when you're a father. But God is a good father, not like me. He's He's a great, great father. And when his child comes to him and says, I don't really believe, but I really want to. I think that's so many of us in this place. That's so many of us. I don't really believe. I don't really get it. I don't really feel it. I don't really understand it. I don't even know why I'm coming to church. I don't even know why I came tonight. I don't even know why I lift my hands in worship. I don't really get it. I don't really believe it, but God, I really want to. He's a good father. That when you ask for it, he doesn't give you a stone or a snake. He gives you what's needed. He gives you what you really need. And that's why some of you are not getting the answers to your prayers because your requests are unnecessary. And he's saying, stop praying for all these things and just ask me for faith. Because once faith sits in your heart, once you have faith in God, you're not afraid of people. You're not afraid of how you look. You're not afraid of who's behind you or who's in front of you. You're not afraid of how scary or risky it is. When you have faith, all that matters is if God is with me, who can be against me? If, if, if God is with me, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm doing what he's asked me to do because I love him. Because he's given me faith to see his value. But see, faith is given by God, but it's built through trials and intimacy. What's crazy about this story, this is what I love. About, I love how, like, the, the Bible connects. It, like, makes sense. What I love about this is, is this. In just a couple chapters before, Jesus off gives us, you know, he's, he's given this miracle, and now they get on a boat, right? He sends the disciples on a boat, and he, he just sends them out, and he's not with them, you know. That's cool. And that's where we find the story of, G- of Peter walking on water. And what happens when he's walking on water, what? He falls and we, you know, we have the whole story. Keep your eyes on Jesus and, you know, we get all that and it's good. But at the end of that, the disciples say he is the son of God. It was the struggle without the crowd that revealed who Jesus was. The things that you're going through, the things that don't make sense, the times when you're like, where is everybody at? Why isn't anybody with me? God is just trying to reveal himself to you. God is just trying to say, hey, just rely on me. Don't worry about all these other things. Just rely on me. But faith was built through trial and intimacy. And you can choose to be intimate with God or not. You can be physically present without spiritual intimacy. Judas was in the boat. Judas saw the miracles. Judas was walking with the 12. Judas was a part of all these things, but Judas still betrayed God because he didn't really believe. You can have physical closeness to church and physical closeness to ministry and title and position, but that doesn't mean you're spiritually intimate with God. When my wife and I were dating, and now that we're married, marriage is so fun. I'll tell you right now, it's amazing. But you know how you build intimacy with God? You get alone with Him. You get alone with Him. Conferences are great. I love conferences, I think these are fun. And God speaks and He moves. But intimacy is not built at a conference. Your youth group and your young adult group, that's wonderful and that's amazing. And I know God speaks and I know he shows up. But you're not going to get intimacy with God at your youth group. You're not going to gain intimacy with God at your young adult group. You can never gain intimacy if you never leave the crowd. If you constantly need to be around somebody to serve God. Now, I get it. We need help, and I understand all those things. But we need to come to a place where we seek God by ourselves, where we search for God by ourselves, where we say, God, I know that I don't feel you. I know that I don't see you, but I really want to, God. Reveal yourself to me. But when I was dating my wife, I didn't really like to be around people. Am I, like, the only one? I get Whatever. I wanted to be alone with her, to get to know her, to have real conversation. Now, I wouldn't suggest that. (laughs) I I would suggest you wait till you're married to have certain conversations, to talk about certain things, and to get alone. But you get my point. What I'm saying is intimacy is built when you're alone with an individual. And God is looking for you. He's waiting for you to seek him. And find intimacy. Because once we find God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Once you get to a place when God gives you the faith and you get to a place of nowhere, there is nowhere else you'd rather be. When you get to a place where you're madly and deeply in love with Jesus and you've surrendered your life to him. Everything else just kind of fades away. And you come to this moment where, God, you're all that I want. You're all that matters. But it takes faith. And luckily, faith is a free gift that God gives to us when we ask him. When we ask him. Let's bow our heads. Together. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.